Hastings today so I could come up here and, uh, and preach the Word of God. And so, praise the Lord. Um, today, <clears throat> I want to uh, let's open up with a word of prayer first. So, let's go ahead and pray. Lord, thank you for this day. And Lord, I thank you for uh, creativity. Lord, I thank you for innovation. Lord, I thank you for uh, you being a God who is creative. And God, you have a, a purposeful design for every one of us. Lord, in, in Jesus' name, I speak that into these people today, Lord, that today we'll be able to grasp a hold of, of, uh, of the calling upon our lives and understand, God, that there is so much more for our lives uh, than we, we, we could possibly understand or even know. So in Jesus' name, Lord, I pray that, that your word say, speak through me, Father. Lord, I thank you that your word is like a double-edged sword, Lord, and it, it cuts in the hearts of people. And Lord, in Jesus' name, I plant the seed today. And that word will not turn back void. In Jesus' name, these people will rise up and we become people of God. In Jesus' name, amen. So, today, I'm going to share the gospel with a soda can and a ping pong ball. But we'll get back to that in a minute. All right? The Lord is creative, so... I want to briefly give my testimony just a little bit. <clears throat> the, uh, the title of my, uh, my message today has to deal with God's purpose for our life and, uh, and, and basically uh, God having more for us. <clears throat> and uh, so first of all, I want to, I want to give a little bit of, uh, I want to ask everybody here. Uh, everybody here has been a kid before, right? Right? And when we were little bitty kids, one of the very first questions we, we have is, uh, when am I going to be when I grow up? Right? Everybody's asked that question. What do I want to be when I grow up? You know? Everybody wants to know what they're going to be. Everybody wants to know what they're supposed to be. And most everybody doesn't really know the answer to that. They're always wondering. Some people, they wonder that to the day that they die. You know? Um, and so today I want to uh, provide an answer that the Lord has for us um, as young people and even for older people. Uh, and I just want to so um, briefly, my testimony, um, when I was growing up, uh, I, I gave my life to the Lord when I was a little kid, and then I grew up, and uh, I was going through school, I was picked on, made fun of all the time, and, you know, so I had a really strong desire to find out um, what other people thought about me, and the reason why was because, um, you know, they were always making fun of me, and so I wanted them to give me some kind of positive attention, right? Nobody likes to be made fun of, right? Everybody wants people to edify them. Lift them up and give them good words, you know. And so as I was uh, growing up, I was always trying to find out who I was in other people. And uh, I was always disappointed because um, they never really had a good answer for me. They were always telling me that I was worthless, you know. And uh, another thing that I also uh, found, try to find out who I was uh, in was my accomplishments. You know, I grew up and everybody, all my teachers, they were always like, you know, you'll find something that you're good at. And when you find something that you're good at, that's what you're supposed to do, you know. And they give you this talent, and they say, you got, everybody's got this talent, you know. And, man, I'd play I, I played t-ball when I was little, you know. And uh, I think I made one, one point, one home run or whatever. Not one, not one home run, but, like, one run and hit home base, whatever that's called. Shows how, much, how good I am at baseball because I don't even know the terms. Uh, you know, so... The whole time I was playing t-ball, that's the only thing I ever did, you know, and uh, it was fun, but uh, 
The next thing I tried was soccer and you know, soccer was fun. I like that. I played that for about three years. Played basketball for three years. I got sort of good. I never really, really succeeded in those areas. And I played football, and I was the smallest guy on the team, so that had no chance. I mean, I was even scared of getting hit, so I don't know why I was playing football. Uh, I played for, uh, actually played football longer than any other ones. And the main reason why I did was because I was extremely short, and I took uh, growth hormones, uh, these shots, to help me grow because I was lacking all growth hormone when I was growing up. And so I was really short and small and all that. And so, uh, again, like that was another thing that people picked on me for was being small. And uh, man, I remember people on the football team, man, Zach, you're a pushover, you know. You're, man, we could just run all over you. You know, you're nothing. And, uh, but I played football because uh, I wanted to get stronger. And so we lifted weights and stuff. So that helped me um, develop my um, strength, you know, to, to catch up. Because I gained 30 pounds in one year, and I was still 120 pounds. So that's not very much for being in high school. All my other friends were 160 pounds, and here I was 120, and I had just gained 30, and I was the slowest guy on the team. And I was the smallest guy on the team. <laughs> so <clears throat> anyway, I was never good at that stuff. I, I never could find what I was good at. And eventually I started playing trombone, and I started playing real hard and practicing and practicing and practicing and practicing. And I played for a very short time. I started two years after everybody else. So again, I was an underdog. I was behind everybody. But the Lord blessed me, and I gave God glory in everything I did for the trombone. I was, just, I was like, God, I just want to give you the glory, and, and, I, you know, and he blessed me for that. Um, sometimes I got a little arrogant, but I got, I got real good. I became the best trombone player in Wichita Falls. Then I was the third best trombone player in my whole region. Then I was the ninth best player, uh, uh, trombone player in all the state of Texas for my division. So I really excelled at becoming... Um, trombone player. I made all, the All-State Band, which is like the biggest accomplishment that you can make as a band member. And uh, I want to share this because when I got there, and I actually finally made the All-State Band, man, it was probably one of the most depressing days of my life. And I was sitting there for the four days, uh, and I thought, man, I just feel so empty. You know? And you know there's stories of people who make the Super Bowl and, and all this stuff. And they, they, they make the biggest accomplishments of their life. And then the next thing you know, they, the, the next day, they commit suicide. And the reason why is because they had one goal in life. They only had one thing to look forward to. And they get there, and then they get so depressed. Now, fortunately, I'd been serving the Lord, and so this depression wasn't really, really bad. It's, it just felt real heavy. And I knew I, God had more for my life, so, I mean, it wasn't that big of a deal. The next day, you know, I, I got over it. But... I couldn't help but realize, wow, how many people in this whole organization and all the all-state band feel this way the next day? Okay, well, my life's over. I made the biggest accomplishment of my life. What now? You know. So I want to go on to a couple of questions. You know, the first question we ask as a little kid is, "What do I want to be when I grow up?" You know. So we always want to find that purpose in our life. The next question we ask is, "What is my purpose in life?" And the next thing we say is. Why am I here? Is there any point in my existence? Who am I? Am I good for anything? And I want to confront this question. Um, this question comes from a creation that has no designer. And the reason why I say that is because we grow up in this time where we learn about evolution and all this stuff in school. And the point, the truth is, we, 
have this atheistic point of view, this intellectual point of view, because we have to understand everything, we don't know why we're here, because we, we start to question the existence of God. Well, if you start questioning the existence of God, then you start really questioning your very own existence you know, and why you're here and any of that stuff. Um, and so the question comes from a creation who has no designer and therefore has no design. If you have no design, and the thing with a design is the only reason why there is a design is because there's a purpose behind that design. See, God is creative. That's why he's called the creator. You know, he's creative. He has ideas. And those ideas manifest themselves in, ours, in us, you know, in his creation. And so um, one thing I want to bring up is a soda can. Okay? So how many of y'all, when you were a kid, asked the question, what is this, this little thing? The tab, right? We always, what is that tab for? You know, and we say, man, I wonder what that is. It's, it's soda in here, but there's a kid who don't have any clue what that is. And then who do we go to? We go to our dad and we say, dad or mom, what is that? You know, and then they tell us, well, if you don't have that, you can't drink what's inside, you know? And, and the truth is, the only person who, you know, before, whoever made this can, you know, they made this can and they distributed it out and people had, they, they had to go to the person who made the can and ask the guy, hey, why'd you put that thing there, you know? And then we learn it. And, you know, the, here's the thing. We all have tabs in our life, you know, and every tab has a reason for its existence. And if we don't find out what the purpose for that existence is, then we won't know how to use it. We won't know what it's for. So, I mean, let's just say we turn this tab around and try to, and try to open the can like that, you know. You know what happens? I did it the other day because um, I was preparing for this sermon. And I opened it up, and it psst, did that, but nothing else happened. So the next thing you know, my soda's getting flat. You know, I can't even drink it. So even if I did open it, by the time I do open it, it's going to be flat. So it's no good anyway, you know. So, and also, if you keep going, that tab eventually breaks. You know that? Oh. Think about that. That tab, if you use the tab the wrong way, it breaks. If you are doing things in your life that aren't according to God's purpose, you break. Woo! Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. What happened to my microphone? The devil is, uh, let's stop it. Okay, so let's praise on. Um, there's a couple other things, you know, uh, for instance, uh, that have designs and purposes. For instance, fire, water. What about knives? Think about this. All these things, if you use them the way they're, used, they're supposed to be used, they bring life. They, you know, think, I'm going to name a few of these. So let's, let's just, what, fire, if you use it the wrong way, it's very devastating. Water, use it the wrong way, it's flood a house, you know, um, ground, I mean, um, a knife, a gun. Then I went to some things like carpentry stuff. How about a nail gun? Man, if you use that thing the wrong way, you know, how about a hammer? If you use it the wrong way, you destroy stuff. Saw, stove, man, electricity, man. If you don't know what you're doing with electricity, you can get some things wrong. You can fry your hairs off, you know. Uh, vehicle. <coughs> now, I chose these things. Usually the things that have the most influence, the most influential purpose, can have the most damaging effects if used improperly. We are the most powerful things in the world. And if we don't figure this out, we will be the most dangerous thing in the world. 
We just look what we're doing to our, I mean, I don't want to be like some tree hugger or nothing, but look what we're doing to our, to our, our planet, you know what I mean? God had put us in charge of this planet, and we have a purpose for, to, to take care of this planet. And if we aren't using our brain the way God intended for us to use the brain, then bad things happen. So let's keep going. Keep trucking. Um, praise the Lord. So if you look over, um, here's some evidence that um, we are the, the most powerful thing, the most important thing in the world. Exodus chapter 19, verse 4 through 6. I love Exodus. You ever hear me preach? I'm always gonna. I don't know how much how I actually talk out of Exodus, but I love Exodus. If you go to Exodus 19, verse four through six, it says, "You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself, to myself, to myself." Everybody say to myself. All right, that's very important. Store it away going. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. So the people of God are supposed to hear these words. Uh, so I'm going to just kind of put that. We're not going to preach on that because I can preach a whole sermon on that verse. Just put it aside. It speaks life into you. You know, God's uh, God wants to draw us to himself, in essence, okay? Um, because whenever you take, the illustration I was going to use uh, was a guitar. Let's say you take a guitar, and I just stick it in some random person's hand, you know, and they try to play that guitar or, or, or whatever they think is right. Some people hang guitars on the walls, you know. Some people put them in the closet. Some people leave them in the trunk of their car, like my friend John over here, <laughs> you know. And when I was, te- I, I was helping out John with his guitar, and I told John, John! You can't leave the guitar in, in, this, in the trunk. Because if you leave the guitar in the trunk, you'll damage the guitar. And the reason why, uh, my, my uh, professor who taught me how to play guitar, he said, uh, Zach, whatever you feel is however the guitar feels. So if you're hot, the guitar is hot. If you're cold, the guitar is cold. You can really warp and damage a guitar if you stick it in someplace too hot. I remember going uh, to my parents' house, and they had uh, old guitars inside uh, the barn. I said, Mom, Dad, can I please take these guitars off your hands? Because uh, you're going to mess these things up. And so I took them to my house, and now they're safe and where they're supposed to be. You know, but if you take a guitar and, and put uh, them in that person's hands that doesn't know what they're supposed to be or how they're used or anything like that, they put them on the wall, they put them in the, guitar, in the closet, they stick them outside. They don't really know what to do with them, you know. Um, so, but if you take a guitar and you put it in uh, a musician's hands, or, better yet, the person who made it, stick it in his hands, and he knows everything about it. He knows why the, the top is spruce, because it pr- creates a certain sound. Did you know that? Everything on the guitar makes a certain sound. And if you, if you have, being a musician, man, I got to study all this different stuff with my trombone. If you have a nickel inside the bell, it changes, it makes it heavier sound. If you put um, copper in the bell, it makes it a warm sound. If you put yellow brass in the bell, then it makes it bright. Everything you do to that trombone changes the way it sounds. And only the person who made it knows why it's that way. Okay? So whenever you go get your trombone custom made, they sit there and they say, okay, you sit down, we're going to make this for you. And then you stick in there and they they say, okay, this pipe's going to go in here. It goes this certain length. It changes everything. And basically they make it for you. 
know, and everything affects the sound. So, like I said, you finally stick that guitar in the guitar maker's hands, and now, man, you can make a lot of music, beautiful stuff, but you put it in the wrong person's hands, you might as well just put it in the fire. I mean, right? There's no point. I mean, nobody wants to listen to that. I mean, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, keep going. Uh, we must learn from the man maker. See? We are like guitars, you know? We are, we are things made by God. You know, and if we're going to become who we're supposed to be, we must be put in the hands of God. Okay? Because uh, the truth is, I've never lived this life before, you know? I've never been a man. How do I know how to be a man if I've never been through this before? That's why I should go to God, because he knows why he made me, you know? Praise the Lord. So search his word, and you'll find the truth for your life. Uh, many people are like, man, I just don't know what to do. What's God's will? What's God's will? What's God? That's like the biggest question in the church today. I just want to do the will of God. It's right here. The will of God is right here. It's not hard. All it takes is discipline to read and find out, you know. It's very simple, to be honest with you. Um, we will read this word because this word is, ooh, okay. This word is the promise for our life, okay. All right, here's where I'm going to bring in the ping pong ball. We learn in physics, okay. Physics says uh, there's two kinds of energy, okay. If I have a ball holding right here, I asked the students, is there any energy going on right now? And, you know, if you haven't been to the class yet, you'll say no. No, it's just sitting there. There's no energy. Energy is power. Energy is, well, it's hard to explain. Energy is surging, you know. You know? So this uh, ping pong ball has uh, something called potential energy. Everybody say potential energy. Okay, so they're sitting here waiting. It's just waiting as potential energy. Now, if I drop it, when it's falling, it has what we call kinetic energy. Everybody say kinetic energy. All right. So, what we are, before we, before we are activated into the kingdom of God, we are this ball sitting here with potential energy. And then, when we submit to the Lord, we have kinetic energy. And then we can finally be used by God. So, this Bible is your potential energy. And when you're reading it, it's speaking life into you. And it's saying, are you ready? And that potential energy builds and builds. It's kind of like going to a pep rally, you know? Or, man, like, I don't, I'm sure some of y'all have never seen the movie 300. You shouldn't watch it until you're way, way older with your wife, okay? But I watched the movie. <laughs> and in this movie, man, the, 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 the king's like, Sparta! You know, he's like, are you ready to fight for your country? You know, I can't remember all the lines, but that's the way it is, you know? And he's getting them ready, right? He's speaking this power into them and getting them ready to go fight the war. Okay? It's the same thing. When we're reading the Word of God, it's like this pep rally. You know, we're not actually doing anything yet, but it's sitting there. It's building and building and building and building. Okay? It's the same thing. It's the Word of God is the power. Whew, 
the power to live it, okay? It's the power uh, to produce something, okay? Um, it's a promise. It's potential, okay? Uh, so God's Word is living. Um, it's the thing that sets things into motion. Uh, James 1, and the reason why I know this is because James 1, 21 through 25 says, I'll go through here real fast. One, okay, it says, humbly accept the word. Humbly means to submit, right? Humbly accept the word planted in you, okay, which can save you. Okay, let's stop there. So God wants to plant a word in you. It's a promise for your life, potential, okay? And then it says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word <coughs> must, but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. Okay, so remember we talked about potential. We talked about promise. See, the word of God is your identity. Okay, so now we have the question, who am I? This is who you are. Now, truth is not always what you know. And truth is not always what you understand. So if I'm looking at myself and I'm saying, well, my, my dad was this, and my dad was a drunk, so I'm going to be a drunk. You know, or my dad was a thief, so I'm going to be a thief. Or we say, this is just the way things are. Okay, truth is not necessarily what you know and what you understand. You know, oh, I'm weak. Man, I'm not that very big. I'm never going to amount to anything. You, just because that's what you know doesn't mean a darn thing. What, let, me, let me give it into perspective. Before the foundations of the world were laid, there was no light. And let's say, I'm think, let's say I was there, okay? Or you were there. And we're sitting there, we're like, man, there's nothing. It's just absolutely nothing. It's what you know, but it ain't not the truth. Because when God said, let there be light, there was light, okay? So you can look at your life and you can say, man, there's nothing. But God says, let there be light. And if you receive it, there is light in your life. And there's power, okay? So we have to let the word of God reign in our lives, okay? It's, it's what happens. And, and, and if, we, if we hear the word of God and we don't obey, then we forget who we are. Because the truth is, we're living a lie, you know? And all lies will pass away. It says that in the scripture. And so if I'm not living according to the word of God, then I'm living a lie. And my life is going to pass away because it means nothing without God's word in my life. Okay, so we'll keep going. Um, uh, it gives you your identity and it reveals your purpose in life. Um, now, here's the deal. We're asking these questions, who am I? You know, what am I here for? What's my existence? You know, am I good for anything? And the reason why we're asking this is when we finally ask those kinds of questions, instead of the, we're actually, instead of the, because what happens is we ask the questions like, what do I want to be when I grow up? That, that's a seeking kind of question. But when we get older, we start asking me, why am I here? And it starts to turn from seeking into self-pity, and we have to start having depression, okay? We start questioning, and it actually starts to become, it starts to fall, turn in on us, you know? And we start saying, am I even good for anything? And that's the devil speaking, you know? But at that point now, we, we are so lost, we don't know what to do anymore. But that's called depression. 
And the scriptures clearly defines, and I'm about to read it, that God wants you to have joy. You know? And now, joy is not the ultimate goal. Joy is just a byproduct of the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is to give us life and to let us live it. And then joy comes. So if you read, um, uh, it only happens, first of all, in a relationship with God. You know, we must be, submit to God and, and He gives to us. And then we have this relationship. We love Him and He loves us. And that's the only way we can happen. Because whenever you love somebody, you get the most out of things, okay? When you don't love somebody, just things fall apart. Okay, so we'll keep going. It says in John chapter 15, 1 through 17. This is the last uh, passage I'm going to read. But there's so much in there. It's just crazy. So, uh, John chapter 15, uh, 1 through 17. It says in Scripture, I am the vine. I'm the true vine. Woo! My father is the gardener. <clears throat> he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, <clears throat> so that it will be even more fruitful. Well, all right, so God desires to be fruitful, us to be fruitful and be more fruitful. You have already, you already, uh, you are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Isn't that what we're talking about? When God speaks into you, you become clean. You become, you start getting ready to become what God wants you to be. Okay? Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Potential. Potential energy, right? Kinetic energy. God wants potential and kinetic energy in your life. Because without potential, there's no point in the kinetic. You can't even have kinetic. I mean, it starts somewhere, and it finishes somewhere. All right? <clears throat> so, apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away, and everybody say, withers. Doesn't that sound like depression? Withers. Man, man, you're like depressed. You know, depressed, and you start to wither. Just oh man, you start crying. This poor pitiful. I'm just feel so horrible, you know. I, you know, and you're, everything in you is just starts to die. You die on the inside. That's what withering is, and then it produces on the outside. That's why you start to see it. And then you see these people, you know, living their own lives, and 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 their whole life is going to pot. Their family is going to pot, you know, and. So let's, let's keep on reading. Uh, <clears throat> such, and then watch this. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. All right. There's, when we do not receive God's word in our life, we wither, we become depressed, and truly there is no point in our life. Why? It's not God's fault. It's our fault because we refuse to remain in the Father. Because we refuse to embrace God's purpose in our life. We refuse to accept the life-giving word, you know, and so we perish. It says, if you remain in me and my words, re my, my words remain in you, whew, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. 
This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Going, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I, <clears throat> watch this. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Everybody say, no more depression. No more withering. Only life and only joy. <clears throat> and it says this. My, now we're talking about um, to, to love me, uh, you must obey me. So it says, my command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. Whew. So what kind of love? <laughs> Greater love. Kind of love, yeah, it's good. Greater love, right? What's kind of love? It's the love of Jesus. That's the kind of love. No, there is no acceptable, there's no, in, there's no other kind of love that's acceptable. If you want to remain in God's love, you must love each other the way that Jesus loved you. That's, that's the standard. That's like crazy. That's like, you know, Christianity 101. Basics. You must love each other as Jesus loved you. All right? <clears throat> you are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer, watch this, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. He doesn't know the purpose of what he's doing. But instead, I have called you friends for everything I learned from my Father. I have made known to you. God wants to make known to you the ideas and goals of God. All right? So that you have purpose in your life. So keep going. Did, it says, instead I've called you friends for everything I've learned, I've made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my commandment. Love each other. So our purpose is to change the world. Our purpose is in alignment with our potential. Our purpose is in alignment with our influential purpose. We are the most influential beings in this creation, and our purpose matches that. It's to change the world. We're supposed to change the world. We're supposed to love people and give life to people, speak life into people. That's the calling. That's your purpose. You could do anything in the world. You could... <clears throat> You could do carpentry, you could be a doctor, you could, but if you don't get this down, there's no point. And that's why people go kill themselves when they get to their biggest accomplishment, because the truth is, it's all about them. It's not about anybody else, and they're the most depressed person in the world because the only thing they've been thinking about is themselves. Right? Whew. I mean, they're supposed to be thinking about God. They're supposed to be thinking about other people. They're supposed to seek the Lord and say, I have nothing. I am nothing. That's the only reason why we're thinking, that's the only good time is to, we're, uh, we're supposed to think about ourselves. Is when we say, I have nothing. And we are humble, and we submit to the Father, and we submit to the Word of God. Because when you have nothing, guess what? It's like, take, it's like taking an empty cup, and you have nothing. Now you can finally be filled with something. But if your cup's completely full, there's nothing that we can do for you. 
you know? And that's nothing that God can do for you if your cup is completely full. That's why Jesus said that the sick need a doctor. That God did not come to save the righteous, you know? <laughs> what did you say? Oh, you know, it's, it's, you know, God did not come to, to, to save those people. He came to save the sinners, you know? <laughs> right? You know? <clears throat> so, we must share in his love. You know, something that stuck out to me is that we are appointed. That is our purpose right here. Just, it's very clear as day. Everybody's like, I don't know what God's purpose is for me. It's right here. I appointed you to go and bear fruit. Simple, you know. So God has started a covenant with us. And we must finish it, you know, and it's in that relationship with God that we can fulfill it. Um, Jesus says if we love him, we'll obey him. It's in John chapter 14, 15. Uh, you know, in faith, that works is dead. You know, we believe in God's word. But if we don't apply it in our lives, it's dead. And and, uh, and the promise, the faith, is what activates the promise in our life. You know? So I want to encourage you guys. Um, <clears throat> you know, a lot of you are growing up, and you're going to get older, and you're like, where am I going to go to school? You know, where am I going to get my degree here? You know, here's what I do. I just get on my face and say, Lord, give me your passions. Give me your desires. It says in the scriptures, if you seek him, it says, seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. If you are loving him, right, and you're, you're seeking to obey his commandments, he's going to give you whatever you ask for. So if you're seeking the Father, and you say, Father, give me your desires, give me your, your, your passions, they will be given to you. It's a promise. And guess what? You'll be changed. And the next thing you know, you'll know where to go. I mean, it's an, all those other... All the other stuff, like where am I supposed to go to school? Where am I supposed to get a job? Who am I supposed to marry? It will all fall into place. If we just seek the Lord, everything we have, and ask Him for those things, and everything will just fall into place. And, um, you know, it's good. Another thing, you know, we're with this, uh, I want to talk a little bit about cross signs. You know, uh, something our our Bible study uh, teacher always is saying to us is God has more for your life. And God wants you to have an exciting life, you know. When we seek the Lord, you know, we, we have so, like we said earlier, we have so much potential. There's so much promise for our lives. I look at my baby girl, and I look at her, and I say, we're in heaven, but she, I look at her, and I say, man, there are so many things that can happen with this little girl. I mean, she's got 20, 40, well, more than 20, I'm sorry. She's got 100 years, <laughs> you know, to change the world, you know, and, and you know there's a guy said to me one time, he sat down to me and he said, Zach, sometimes I only have five minutes with somebody. And in five minutes, what am I going to say that's going to change that person's life? So that guy was always thinking about changing other people's lives. So he's always praying and considering what God had to say to that person and seeking, God, what do you want me to say to this person? He sit down to that person and literally say things in five that guy spent five minutes with me saying that one thing to me. It changed my life, you know. And next thing I know, I, I say, well, if I have five minutes with you, what am I going to say to you, you know? So my little girl's got 100 years ahead of her, you know. And how many five minutes is that? How many lives is that going to change? How much potential, you know? Same thing with your life. That's what God sees in you. He doesn't see anything else. All he sees is how many five minutes do you have, you know? How many lives can you change in your little five-minute increments, you know? So praise the Lord. I just wanted to encourage you guys with that. 
to seek the Lord with all you have and let him change you.